I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. As parents, we have the ability to shape our kids' beliefs, values, and behaviors, and to guide them on their journey towards becoming responsible, successful, and fulfilled adults. Our kids will never be perfect, but with intention and a plan, they can be amazing. I'm thrilled to welcome back to the podcast, Monica Swanson, who just wrote a book called Raising Amazing. Yep, that's the title. In it, she combines years of research with personal stories and step-by-step practical advice to give parents the help that they're looking for as they seek to raise amazing kids. By the way, this book isn't just for moms. Monica's husband has a word for dads at the end of each chapter. In our conversation today, we talked about the first step to intentionally leading kids with purpose and how you can create a welcoming environment in your home for your children and their friends. Welcome, Monica. It is fantastic to have you back on the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Can't wait to chat. Okay, so some of our guests may not have met you before, some of my new listeners. So you were on the podcast before talking about developing character in our kids. And that was one of our, the year that you were on the podcast, it was one of our highest rated podcasts. Wow. Yep. We, we rebroadcast it in the summer because I usually take yeah. some time off in the summer. And then even as a rebroadcast, it still had some of the highest numbers. And so mm. I love the work you're doing and the wisdom you share. And so I was really excited. Your, your message is resonating with our listeners. So so excited to have you back here. Wow. What an honor. Thank you so much. That's super encouraging. So for those of our listeners who haven't met you yet, I'd love for you to answer that question again. What is your family known for? And it'd be interesting to say, are they still known for the same stuff or are they changing? Is it right? Tell me more. Yes. Well, now I'm trying to remember. I'm curious what I said last time, but, (laughs) but I feel like in this season and it's probably changes season by season, but Wow. <laughs> that's a, that's really tough to narrow it down. I want to say character is probably the topic that, you know, comes out the most when I'm talking about my boys and, and people wanting to raise kids of character. So character always comes to mind, but I also want to use the word adventure. I think that we've just talked a lot about adventure and how that has really shaped my kids' hearts and how healthy adventure keeps kids out of trouble and how adventure doesn't have to look like surfing big waves, though my sons do that. It can also look like reading a tough book or creating something with wood or art. And so I love the topic of adventure and I guess that's been on my mind a lot lately. So that's what came to me. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I I'm a big fan of adventure. My kids are getting mm-hmm. older. And so we went on a vacation last summer out West. And then we went mm-hmm. away to Costa Rica this summer. And mm-hmm. so we were able to do ATV rides and mm-hmm. surf lessons and um, like all the things that we couldn't do with little kids. And I loved having yeah. little kids, but like yes. this sort of sense of adventure, I look back and I'm like, you know, it was cultivated in the little things that we did. Yeah. And now that they're mm-hmm. kind of becoming adults, I'm really yeah. The adventures that we're taking together. So that's something I can appreciate for sure. Yes. I love that, that you and I both have kids kind of entering that next stage. Mm -hmm. And it is really fun to see how that transfers. Yeah. All right. So you're here to talk about your new book. So tell us the title, which is an awesome title, by the way. 
I can't imagine anybody reading that and saying, nah, that's not for me. So talk about the book, the title, and what readers can expect. Okay, so I so appreciate that you like the title because it's one of those things, little insider info here. I suggested the title to my publisher, and as soon as they loved it, I tried to backpedal. And I was like, no, I don't know. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. So the title, (laughs) with that being said, the title is Raising Amazing. Hopefully the subtitle explains a little further what I'm talking about. It is bringing up kids who love God, like their family, and do the dishes without being asked. So essentially... My definition of amazing that I found and I love is a pleasant surprise or something that causes wonder. So my heart for this mm-hmm. book is that we would focus on the things in our kids, not not the fame and fortune, popularity kind of amazing, but really on their hearts, on their character, on their faith, on our family relationships. Those are the things I think since my previous book, Boy Mom, came out that I'm asked the most about. They People see that my boys are best friends and they're like, how did you do that? They see their faith and they say, you know, how can I raise a child who loves God and chooses once they're independent? Like you and I talked about before we hit record, kids who are choosing to go to church and follow God on their own. And then, of course, character is just something I love to talk about. After Boy Mom, my character training course came out and just love to cheer on families to really focus on the heart, on their kids' character. So that is essentially what this book is all about. And, and you know, amazing is fun. I'm, I'm all about amazing in all the different ways. We, my third son is a professional surfer and, you know, we have family mottos like go big or go home. So I'm not against <laughs> that kind of amazing. I'm like, yeah, be amazing. But at the end of the day, what really matters is their heart and their faith and our family connections. Yeah. Yeah. I love that part about your subtitle about doing it without being asked, right? This <laughs> right. idea of, right. <laughs> Cause we, we spend a lot of years when they're younger Mm-hmm. making them do things. And then yep. us as parents, we want eventually for it to click and for them to just do it on their own because it's what yes. we taught them because it's that's right. Be, because it's the best way to live, because it's the best mm-hmm. way for our family to live, right? Whatever it is we're that's right. still in them. And this idea that we can do things that allow our kids to actually take ownership of who we yes. are as a family and the culture that we've created. That's that's yes. the excitement to me is that ownership oh, yes. piece. I couldn't agree more. Tell me more about like your experience with that. Like, when did you start to see like, oh, this isn't about my journey anymore. My kids are on their own journey. Oh, goodness. Yes. I think it's it's those small wins that we see. And I'm sure you've had the same where, you know, we're gathered on the deck for dinner with good friends. And all of a sudden you notice that the kids are missing and you look inside and you see a group of teenagers doing the dishes and you're like, oh my goodness, I have arrived. <laughs> and and so you start to see little things and you know, it's not every day. There's, there's still some reminders going on in this house. My 18 year old still lives at home as he is surfing professionally and doing college online. So there's still reminders, but to see them start to own that and to, to care and then to make choices for themselves. You look at, you know, the way they're handling their own personal life and relationships and faith. And, and, um, it's, I think it's a lot of small wins and, I encourage parents to look for those because sometimes we're so busy worrying about, you know, if they're doing enough, if we're teaching them enough, we forget to notice the small wins. So that would be my encouragement Uh to parents. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It is so easy to camp out on the things that aren't going right and what we see our kids not doing that we've Mm -hmm. told them to do 10 times. That's right. Um, But if we can just recognize and even celebrate with our children, those wins, I think that's really important. Definitely. Yes. So. Your book is really unique in that each chapter has an area in it, a section that's written to dad from your husband and has thoughts, um, which I love because 
just had this discussion with a couple of my girlfriends about how women women tend to consume these types of books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes yep. I sh- try to share things with my husband from these books or encourage him to read part of them. And they're not yep. written for the dad. And mm-hmm. so it kind of goes over his head as much as I want him to like read it through that lens. He doesn't. So right. I love that you did this. So, so tell me mm-hmm. more about why you oh, did yes. this. Is it for this person is, like me? <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> for, for people like me too, because yeah, this is probably my favorite part of the book is, you know, my husband is a, a quieter guy. He's a physician. He's very smart and also very wise. So when I wrote Boy Mom, he helped with a lot of it. And then when I was writing Raising Amazing, he he and I talked through every chapter. And I was like, you know, I think the men need this too. And I know with Boy Mom and probably with your writing, a lot of women told me, oh, I, I would share, you know, hand the book over to my husband or we listen to the audio version on a road trip, maybe. So my husband could hear too. But like you said, I mm-hmm. still knew this is a woman's voice. And so, mm-hmm. so I asked my husband if he would just give a short word to the dads, fully aware that they're probably not going to read the whole book. But listen, guys, if you don't read the whole chapter, at least here's a man to man word, like some of it sharing some of the areas my husband had to learn the hard way or, you know, some things that he regrets, but sharing just about a page to two pages, man to man. And my husband is very thoughtful, so I can write a chapter quick and it might not be, you know, my best writing until I really craft it over time. But my husband takes a long time, like a text message takes him a long time. So every word to the dads, he put time into, you can be sure he's a really thoughtful writer and, and they're so good. They're just really probably the, the the best part of the book. So I've loved partnering with him. And then in the audio version, it's his voice reading it to the men. Oh, so wow. men will oh, hopefully that. enjoy hearing it man to man as well. Oh, that's so good. That gives me encouragement because I'm already envisioning me reading the chapter, potentially reading to him the dad part and then yep. saying, come on, let's go date night and talk about it. That's right. <laughs> yes. I love that. And I've even, I've been encouraged because a couple of my pre-readers were couples who have been, or a woman who's been divorced and she got a copy for her ex-husband because the idea being, Hey, we may not be on the same page in everything, but we both want to raise amazing kids. So let's be on the same page when it comes to parenting. And I just, that encouraged me so much. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. So you write that amazing kids grow out of amazing families Mm -hmm. and amazing families don't happen by chance. And you know, like I'm all about family culture and intentionality. So I'm excited to ask you, like, what do you see as the first step to intentionally leading kids with purpose? Because I feel like the most satisfaction I've had is when I have purpose. Oh, yes. That aimless. Absolutely. Oh. You know, I can't imagine mm-hmm. what kids go through today trying to figure themselves out and they're doing that yep. into their 20s and they're doing oh. later in life. And so yes. talk to us about that first step. Oh, yes. I was so happy to get to chat with you on this because I know we are so like-hearted on this topic. For sure. I think the the family culture and that heart for gr- growing and building an amazing family really begins with parents who have a vision. And, you know, I open my chapter on this topic using an airplane analogy and just talking about that pilot and how it would feel if you got on an airplane and the pilot was like, so I'm not sure where we're going or how long it's going to take to get there. And, and, you know, but 
let's enjoy the ride. Like how confused we'd be and stressed and anxious. And I think sometimes our kids come along at these busy seasons of our lives. Like it's the way God made things, but we're, we're just, you know, still young when we have kids. Usually, even if you're in your twenties, you're still trying to figure out life and marriage and your job. And all of a sudden you've got kids and it's so easy, no condemnation here. It's so easy to just not have a plan or a purpose and to just be like survival mode. And all of a sudden you've got these kids who are maybe going into middle school and you're like, we haven't really figured out who we are yet. So my encouragement is to start with mom and dad and say, who are we? Do we know our own identity? And then beginning to model a life of purpose personally, and then saying, now, who are we as a family? And, you know, if the kids are a little older, I'm sure you've, you've encouraged the same thing. I say, bring them into that conversation, sit down and, and talk about, you know, what are our family values? What are some of the things we want to make important maybe in the year ahead or as a family? Writing out a mission statement's a great idea. Not everyone loves it, but whatever you can do to kind of gather and have everyone contribute to the conversation. And then start to be really intentional and practical. How does that work out on a daily basis? Can we filter the choices we're making about how we spend our time and money and relationships and technology, all the rest through the things that we say are our values? So yeah, it it doesn't have to be huge and super time consuming, but to slow down long enough to have some of those conversations, starting with mom and dad, and then bringing the whole family in, I think can be a huge game changer. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say for... Moms mostly listen to the show for moms who mm-hmm. don't necessarily have a partner in that process. What are some of the steps they could take and take? Because I know that they have power yeah. in their family. And I think sometimes I know in the past I've wanted to give up if my husband's yeah. not like showing up with yeah. pom-poms oh, yeah. to have the conversation. So what do you, mm-hmm. what kind of practical advice do you have for moms that may be doing this on their own? Oh, totally. Yeah. I I first of all, you know, lots of lots of compassion and and Empathy goes out to those moms because especially if a mom is, you know, single parent, widowed or divorced, you've got a really, really tough job. So I just want to encourage you to know that what you do matters and that God sees it. You're, you're never truly alone if you've got the Lord by your side. So just encourage you to really dig in and, and also to find community. Make sure you're plugged into a church, to a community that will come alongside and support you. But I would say you can only do so much, but what you can do is powerful. Like we think of so many stories of great men, great women who grew out of single families, who maybe had a a dad that was at home, but really not involved. And yet those moms poured in, those moms were on their knees praying. Those moms really could make a huge difference. And so with faith, with courage, with, you know, a lot of prayerful, just intentional work. I think a mom alone can do a whole lot. And so don't give up, you know, do not grow weary. I, Galatians 6, 9 is just one of my favorite verses. Do not grow weary in doing good for in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. So that last part's important. Don't give up, keep pressing on. Sometimes it takes many years to see the fruit of your labor. And so if you're not seeing it yet, don't be discouraged. Just keep doing what you know is right and keep depending on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. I know that I've needed that encouragement in certain seasons. And, mm-hmm. you know, at one point I had to decide if this is important to me, why aren't I taking the steps? Like, why am I waiting for someone Absolutely. else to, what's the word I'm like, invalidate, you know, the right. intention that I want to have mm-hmm. in my family? Yeah. And I think too, we just have to realize there's different personalities and sometimes we wish dad was the one to bring up, you know, certain topics, especially with sons. I've been like wishing that my husband were more the talker. And then I'm like, well, if he's not, then I can step in. There's, there's things I can do. Maybe it's not my ideal, but you know what? 
God gave my kid two parents. And so I'm going to do what I can to fill in those gaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. All right. So I, I really love this question because many, many parents want their home to be the cool house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Kids come, but, but that, you know, like I, when I was a young mom, I had a vision of what that looked like. Mm-hmm. But as my kids got older, I realized there's more to it than just like having food around the house and spending yeah. lots of money. So mm-hmm. what are some of the things that we can do to create a welcoming environment for our kids? And then even as they transition into teens, because what I'm seeing is that unfortunately, a lot of teens want to be at the house where there isn't a parent mm-hmm. and where they're allowed mm-hmm. to do things that I would never let them do. Right. Yes. <laughs> so talk to us about like, yes. what that looks like, you know, when they're young and then as they transition into their teenagers. Sure. Yeah. Great question. Definitely, you know, for, for us, we've had to limit the options that my kids have. And so, yes, if there is that house available, then, and if they know that that's not an option for them, then they're going to be more likely to be open to what we do have at home and trying to make that the best place Mm -hmm. possible. But certainly food is one, one important aspect. I think, I think we don't have to have all the cool things, all the expensive toys, but I do think having a warm and welcoming environment. I mean, my kids are super into playing cards. So if you have a couple decks of cards and some food, usually that's enough. In the early years, I think just, just the, actually throughout all the years, I feel like mom and dad's tone is so important. When kids come over, sometimes parents think, Oh, I should go hide in the other room. They just want to take over. I think kids actually enjoy it when a mom and dad is like, Hey, what's new? And asks a few questions and, you know, not, we don't have to be in their business and like playing games with them, but we can ask them some questions, show interest because it's amazing how many children don't have that at home. And they're going to gravitate towards the home where the parents are really interested in them and their heart and their life. So I think that's one important thing that we can offer throughout all of the years. And then, yeah, try not to be intimidated and think you have to have everything other people have. Sometimes having simpler, but just a joyful home is enough to keep the kids coming back. And then, yeah, food, food has to be there too. (laughs) It's just kind of a requirement, but yeah, some good music, a happy home and conversation, I think does so much more than we realize. Yeah. You know, I found myself backing off a little bit from my kids' friends because I thought they wanted space Mm -hmm. and I was a little Mm -hmm. intimidated about like, do they want to talk to me? Am I going to be annoying? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I just had an epiphany one day. If I engage them, they actually respond. Yeah. They really do. Like, you know, if Mm -hmm. taking an interest and, you know, I have daughters. So like, oh, do you guys have your dresses for for the dance? Like the dance? Yes. And just asking them questions. And even though I already know the answers because my daughter's already Mm -hmm. showed me all the pictures. (laughs) I already know there's a Facebook group where the girls upload their pictures (laughs) so nobody has the same one. Like, I I pretend like I don't know anything. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's (laughs) That's different than when we were younger, right? Right. Um, No, totally. And my boys will be like... Yeah, I was going to say my boys will tell me, oh, you ask too many questions, but then I can tell their friends actually like it. Like, again, maybe they aren't asked a lot of questions at home. And we have someone staying with us right now, a a professional surfer from Australia, and he's actually a young adult. He's 23, but I was asking him questions and he's a quieter guy. And I was like, I'm sorry, am I asking too many questions? He's like, no, I love it. I love a chance to get to talk about myself. I was like, oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's refreshing because like, I know that there's a tendency when we're at home with our parents or kids are at home, that their parents are on them, right? Mm, like, yeah. What are you doing? What are you not doing? 
grades, all that. How can you do better? Lectures, grades, and mm. have somebody, another grown up, just be interested in them for the sake of being interested in them. It's it's refreshing. Yes, and I think we I underestimate what an incredible environment that provides for them. Yeah, I agree with you. That's so good. Yeah. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. What's some takeaways that you want parents to really walk away with after they read this book? Yes. Well, I, you know, oftentimes when we're talking about parenting, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. People are wondering, you know, are you offering a formula? Are you trying to tell me that if I do this, this, and this, my kids are going to grow up, you know, perfect or to make all the right choices. And so, you know, the disclaimer is always, no, there's with parenting, unfortunately, we're dealing with kids who have a free will and only God is sovereign. There's nothing that I can do to control or force them. But I also believe that parents have so much more influence over their kids in those growing up years than a lot of people want to admit. And I think sometimes it's an easy out if kids are making bad choices for parents to just be like, well, there's only so much I can do. But I say, yes, there is so much you can do. There really is. And a lot of it starts with just conversations, with just leaning in when you feel like maybe they don't want you to try it. Try opening up conversations. Try to really invest in their hearts. And I think parents all the way through, even beyond launching kids, parents have really an impact and influence in their kids' lives. So don't shy away from those conversations. Continue to love them, pray for them, pour into them. Really, the goal is who they are when they are grown and the relationship you can have with them for the rest of your life is so invaluable. And I just am so grateful that my adult son's and I have such a good relationship and they have such a good relationship with each other. And I know that that all developed over time, over the years. So keep pressing on. It's so worth the effort. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was such great encouragement. And I, I can't wait to read the book, share it with my husband. Mm. And I can't wait for us to read it too. Oh, thank you so much. Great being here. You can find Monica at monicaswanson.com. She's on Instagram as Monica Swanson underscore, and she is on Facebook as The Grum Mom. I'll link to all of this, plus where you can find her new book, Raising Amazing, in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode with Monica, check out a previous conversation I had with her on episode 116 called Simple Ways to Raise Children Rich in Character. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect. It's about purpose.